Good Friday week is basically, you know, the Sunday prior, Jesus enters Jerusalem on donkey back. Now settle down. You know, you got Jesus on your back. Settle down. Fucking donkeys, right? So then at some point he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane. And that's when, you know, he's accosted by um, some of these uh, Pharisees and the Roman guards, I believe. And, um, you know, they start bitching and belly aching. Who, who are you? Who are you? Are you the Jesus king of the Jews or whatever? And then, like, Judas, like, try to give him a kiss. He's like, get the fuck off me, right? Like, you know, Judas tries to give him a kiss. And then, um, so Jesus is set for execution. Not on blasphemy, which was the original charge, but on a lie. A lie of treason and treachery. I mean, Jesus even said, you know, they're asking, what should we do? Should we, should we give you our money and our tithes? Are you our king? Are you our leader? Are you this, are you that? What about Caesar? And Jesus is like, look, if you guys like Caesar salads, you like Caesar's little pizza, that's your choice. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God what is God. You know, it's no big fucking deal. Just talking about a couple croutons here, right? Jesus even said so. You got a man sent by God to perform miracles, heal the sick, feed the poor. People are looking at him, hating him, jealous of him, envious of him. And then they trump him up and convict him of all these crimes and BS mumbo jumbo and execute him. That, that could totally happen in the world we live in. The cynical world we live in. Hey, blood, what's happening? What's going on, player? And playettes. It's your old chuckle buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan, reporting live for duty on this magnificent April 16th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Welcome and bienvenue to. Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast. Oh, hey, folks. How you doing? Glad to be here with you. If you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, this is a show where I bitch, whine, squawk, bellyache, and kibitz about myself in order to relate to y'all self, y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer. Shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs, forever. You know, I'm desperate like any other, um, you know, media, podcaster, performer, uh, tap dancer out there, desperate for your view, desperate for your appreciation, desperate for your love. Wow, you know, resentful and, um, you know, condescending and um, filled with contempt in the same breath. Fuck you. But I love you. Scratch all that, uh, you know, like, share, and subscribe. The show's available on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey. Sometimes they've been dicking around with me lately, like they changed the bit rate. So when you upload a video to Odyssey, now you got to change the bit rate and did it. So I, I don't know. I haven't really been. Well, I am on Odyssey, but, you know, we'll see, you know. Anyway, the show's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, my own website, Jonathan, pronounced Jonathan Ramcharan.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please, would you help my black ass out already? Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know it truly is. Isn't that right, boo boo? I'm gonna get a picnic basket. Yep, you. The hills are alive with the sound of music. You hear that? 
church bells ringing. Church bells ringing your name as I lay thee down to sleep as I pray. It's actually Good Friday weekend, which I'm going to get to, you know. Some consider Good Friday week the most important week in human history, if that is if you're a Christian. I'm a Christian. Don't know what I think. Still a little bit of a struggle to truly understand the Jesus story. The significance of his birth and death and awaited resurrection. And Good Friday week, hell, I'll chop into it right now. Good Friday week is basically, you know, the Sunday prior, Jesus enters Jerusalem on donkey back. Now settle down. You know, you got Jesus on your back. Settle down. Fucking donkeys, right? So Jesus is trotting. Trotting into Jerusalem on donkey back. And, uh, you know, he's greeted. This is what I can gather. I'm not an aficionado. I wasn't there, you know. But, you know, Jesus, Sunday, he's trotting into Jerusalem on donkey back. And he's greeted by all the Jews and all the people. Wow, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Oh my God, we've heard of him. We've heard of him. We've heard him preach. We've heard about his miracles. And everyone's excited because they think it's the coming of the Lord. The coming of the Almighty. As told in Judaish, Judicious, Judaism, Juniperberry, Jupiter you know, janitor, whatever, as told in their folklore, it's like, oh my God, it's the coming of the Lord, the the coming of the Almighty, as Jesus claimed, or he never claimed to be a king. That's interesting enough, or I, I don't really know. Like I said, I wasn't there. But anyways, they think it's a big deal. While the Pharisees and all the old heads and all the older Jewish elders and the, you know, the pundits and the peckerwoods of the day they're just like fuck that jesus character you know what i mean coming in on donkey back like trying to take over our shit so they they hate him from the get-go so you know he moseys on in on donkey back he's giving speeches he's doing his ting then at some point he goes to the garden of gethsemane Gethsemane. And that's when, you know, he's accosted by um, some of these uh, Pharisees and the Roman guards, I believe. And, um, you know, they start bitching and bellyaching. Who, who are you? Who are you? Are you the Jesus king of the Jews or whatever? And then, like, Judas, like, try to give him a kiss. He's like, get the fuck off me, right? Like, you know. Judas tries to give him a kiss, and then, um, you know, that's how they identify him. That's Jesus, King of the Jews. So then they um, they take him to, like, this kangaroo court, this fucking hokey mumbo-jumbo trial. They're asking him, are you, the, are you a king? You said that you are a king. And this is a boss answer. This is a gut-wrenching answer. Jesus, Jesus says, my kingdom is not in, of your world. For if my kingdom was of your world, there would be supporters and protesters to save me. All clamoring for the little piece of the kingdom. My kingdom is not of this world, so there is no supporters. Isn't that deep? It's kind of like, how in life, you know, people ain't doing nothing if it ain't for the money. You know, if it ain't for that money, fuck it. 
So that's Jesus. He's saying, you know, my kingdom's not of this world. For if, I, for if it was of this world, if I were a king in this world, there would be people clamoring, lining up to get a piece of that kingdom, trying to stand with, you know? They never stand with you in righteousness. People are always standing next to what's shimmering and shining. So no, my kingdom's not of this world. So then, you know, the Jewish high priests and the Pharisees, they, you know, they slap him and they bitch and they whine about it and they want to execute him. But in order to execute uh, a person for blasphemy is what they were bringing Jesus, Jesus up on. Jesus gets arrested and he's brought up on charges of blasphemy. In Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem. But in order to execute a person in those times by blasphemy of blasphemy, according to my little bit of my research, they had to sanction it and okay it with the Roman authorities. So they take it to Pontius Pilate. They take the they take Jesus. To Pontius Pilate, they tell Pontius Pilate, this man is a blasphemer. He's claiming to be the son of God. He's claiming to be the king of the Jews. We want him executed. It's a crime, blasphemy. Pontius Pilate looks at Jesus and goes, eh, so, you're, so you king? You king of the Jews or what, boy? Speak up. Jesus doesn't answer him or he gives another smart ass remark like whatever, you know? You got no authority over me. <gasps> He's not standing in line with what people tell him to do. <gasps> He's thinking for himself. <gasps> he believes in God. <gasps> Much like in this day and age, when you try to stand alone and believe in God and do the right thing, people are always trying to whack you down, right? Blasphemer! So Pilate asks him, so like what? Are you the king of the Jews? Are you God or something? Like, what's up? And Jesus, I don't know what he did. He's just like, whatever. So Pontius Pilate's like, well, you know, I was, you know, sorry guys, I don't see that he did anything wrong. What's the big fucking deal? You know? So then um the Pharisees and the Jewish high priests, you know, they can't get him executed. They can't get him executed legally for blasphemy. It's just bullshit, basically, right? It's all bullshit. So what they do is they lie. They lie on Jesus. Well, actually, no, he he's actually um he's actually preaching treason. Treason against Caesar, treason against the Roman Empire. Yeah, he's he, it's treason. That's what he is. He's a traitor. He's treacherous. It's treason. Never mind the blasphemy. No, it's treason. And again, Pontius Pilate's like. I see no fault with the man. I don't see anything. Nothing happened. What's the big deal? Just let him go. Matter of fact, um, as it is like, you know, the Passover and it's a holiday time, we are, and he's claiming to be the king of the Jews and you people are Jewish. Why don't you just let him go? It's customary during Passover to let, to release a prisoner. Let's just release Jesus. And the Jewish people are like, no, give us Barabbas, an actual murderer and killer, an actual criminal. So instead of releasing Jesus, the people ask Pilate to release Barabbas, some other pecker would, right? So then they release him, Barabbas. So Jesus, he misses that, op- they, they, they withheld, they withhold the opportunity to release Jesus. So again, they're bitching and whining. Well, he's a blasphemer. He's a blasphemer and he's a traitor, traitor to the Roman Empire. And anybody who, so they continue the lie and they up the stakes. They go, whoever doesn't execute Jesus or whoever doesn't condemn Jesus for his traitor, treacherous acts is a traitor to Caesar and is not fit to be a leader and blah, 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 and a doodly-doo. So then Pontius Pilate Oh, gets a little worried. Oh no, they're calling. They're, they're saying that if I don't buy into their bullshit and their lies, 
if I don't condemn Jesus, then I'm a traitor to Caesar, and I'm an unfit ruler. And of course, what do people do when they're in power? I mean, they most certainly don't do the right thing. They just are concerned with holding on to that power. So in line with any other dildo that's ever lived, Pontius Pilate finally backs down. He goes, all right, whatever. You want to kill him? Kill him. So Jesus is set for execution. Not on blasphemy, which was the original charge, but on a lie. A lie of treason and treachery. I mean, Jesus even said, you know, they're asking, what should we do? Should we, should we give you our money and our tithes? Are you our king? Are you our leader? Are you this or you that? What about Caesar? And Jesus is like, look, if you guys like Caesar salads, you like Caesar's little pizza, that's your choice. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God what is God. You know, it's no big fucking deal. Just talking about a couple croutons here, right? Jesus even said so. So they bring him up on this bullshit lie of being a traitor and a treasonous treacherer. Now he's set for execution. They whip him, they flog him, they beat him. They make him carry um, the cross to Golgotha, that place on the hill somewhere, Golgotha. Then they tack him up. Tack him up on the cross. Breaks your heart. Really does. How barbaric. They tack him up to the cross. And, um, you know, there he, there he is. Hanging on the cross to die. And that's Good Friday. You know, from 9 a.m. till about noon. On Good Friday. Jesus hung on the cross. And then, you know... Somebody like soaks a rag in sour wine. They dip a rag in sour wine and they put it on the hen- they put it on the handle of a, a broom handle. They take a rag and they tie it to a broom handle and they dip some sour wine in it and they they reach up to Jesus and Jesus takes a little sip and you know he takes a quick sip of sour wine, last drink. Then he uh, you know he apparently he gives up the ghost. He cries out, you know, it is done. He bows his head and he dies on the cross. And the inscription, the sign above his head read I-N-R-I, which is like Roman or Greek or fucking, I don't fucking know, Maltese, Latin or something for um, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. So, after he dies on the cross, there's Mary and his mother and Mary Magdalene and his mother. And then one of his disciples, I believe it was Joseph of Arithmea or Aritzia. You know that women's clothing store, Aritzia? So Jesus of Arit- or Joseph of Aritzia or Arithmea takes Jesus down, puts him in the tomb, and they cake him with, you know, they dust them up with flour and olive oil and, you know, baking soda and sesame seeds and they roll them in, you know, cookie dough and frankincense and myrrh, you know, spice them up a little bit, you know, start to reek after a while when you're dead and decomposing, right? So then after that, um, you know, come the Sunday, they go to the tomb They go to the tomb to, you know, spice him up a little bit more. You know, they forgot the paprika and the, uh, they forgot to preheat the tomb to 425 degrees Celsius and put in a little bit of paprika. They forgot that. So then they go back to, you know, finish the job and the the boulders moved away. And, you know, Jesus, Jesus's body has returned to the father. So in a nutshell, that's the story of Good Friday and that week, 
the Sunday to Sunday. Some people consider that the most significant week in human history. Truth be told, I still search and seek for my relationship with Jesus. I believe in God. I know it in my heart, my soul, my mind. I believe in God. The whole Jesus story, kind of hard to stomach, kind of hard to see what it is, though it makes complete sense. This is the world we live in. We live in a cynical world motivated by self-interest. Who really cares? I could totally see that situation playing out. You got a man sent by God to perform miracles, heal the sick, feed the poor. People are looking at him, hating him, jealous of him, envious of him. And then they trump him up and convict him of all these crimes and BS mumbo-jumbo and execute them. That, that could totally happen in the world we live in, the cynical world we live in. So, while I was raised Christian, went to Catholic school, went to Baptist churches, went to Anglican churches, whatever denomination, been in church my entire life. Here I am now, I'm searching for more of an understanding of the Jesus, the Christ. You know, he was our brother. We are to live in his wisdom. Do unto others as you will have done unto you. Love thy neighbor as you love thyself. Perfect wisdom perfect way of life so that's what I seek and you know tonight I'm going to be watching the Mel Gibson the passion of the Christ <laughs> you know um, old Mel you know he's been through the flames and he's had some resurrection in his life so nonetheless apparently that's a great movie I've seen it before but it's been a while so just just in line with Easter and in line with Good Friday, I'm going to watch The Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson, a directed film, this evening. And uh, I think on Sunday I'm going to try to watch um, The Last Temptation of Christ, which I believe is a Martin Scorsese film starring uh, William Defoe. So I'm going to check that out. I haven't seen that one yet, so... That's what I'm celebrating and being conscious of. And, you know, it's hard for me to name and claim Christ. And, but I, because I, I mean, I just don't know. That's what I'm still seeking. But I just do know in my heart that his way of life is the light. Do unto others as you will have done unto you. Love thy neighbor as you love thyself. And that story is very deep and meaningful and it resonates. You know, as I'm a comedian, as I'm a podcaster, I hammed it up there a little bit. But go check out the story and really meditate and think on it. It's pretty deep. So God bless you all. And long live the Christ going into this uh, Easter 2022. Hallelujah. So that's my little um, take on Easter. Um, in the future, I ha I hope to have more depth and understanding and more more to say on it and more of a production value. That was just a kind of off the top, off the dome, little riff on Easter. And, you know, it's a very significant story. And in my 
faith that I search for, it's the most significant, Easter. That's really the whole Christian uh, religion and outlook and lifestyle. It all comes down to that, a religion of forgiveness, redemption. Yeah. Quick sip of water. Don't mind me, boss. Bit of a heady, bit of a heavy and heady podcast today. Interesting stuff, you know. Can't all be shits and giggles. Though primarily shitting and giggling is what I uh, giggling. I guess I do kind of giggle from time to time, but you know what I mean. The laughter is always sought and appreciated. Hey, what I want to talk about as well today, um, there's been a lot of violence, needless, careless violence. That is known around the world, and it's starting to come closer and closer into my orbit as a Canadian, as a Canuck. A, I saw this uh, very disturbing story. So let me share it with y'all. This is from uh, globalnews.ca. Title of the article is Man charged with first-degree murder in two separate random fatal shootings in Toronto. That's the name of the article. Toronto police say a 39-year-old man has been charged with two counts of first-degree murder for separate random murders of two men within about 48 hours of each other in the downtown core. On April 7th, 2022, at around 5 p.m., police said crews responded to Sherburne subway station for reports of a shooting at the Glen Road entrance. Pause. Yeah, that is like within a half-hour walk from my house. Like, that's just right in my neighborhood. Very close. Police said 21-year-old Kartik Vazadev received medical attention by an off-duty paramedic for multiple gunshot wounds. He was rushed to the hospital where he later died from his injuries. Kartik was an international student from India studying marketing at Seneca College. A vigil was held for him at Nathan Phillips Square the following day. Toronto Police Chief James Rammer addressed the media and said investigators believe Kartik was a complete stranger to the suspect. Unprovoked, this man shot Kartik multiple times, killing him, Rammer said, told reporters on Tuesday. Two days later, on April 9th, at around 6.55 p.m., police said they responded to another downtown shooting near Dundas and George Streets. Pause. Again, Dundas and George Street. Very close to my house. Within my neighborhood, within walking distance. Police said the suspect came up from behind the victim, who was walking home at the time, and opened fire. He was rushed to the hospital where he was pronounced dead. The victim was identified by police as 35-year-old Elijah Elazar Mahipath. 35 years old. Investigators said both fatal shootings were random, but they were able to make a link between them. On Sunday night, Richard Jonathan Edwin of Toronto was arrested. He is facing two first-degree murder charges. Edwin has no prior criminal record and was lawfully in possession of the weapons, Rammer said.
Police said it's unclear if race was a factor in the fatal shootings, as it appears there was no verbal interaction with the victims, who are visible minorities. Shut up. Pardon me, folks. You heard the horn. We're not sure whether the shooter actually was able to gain face-to-face sight lines of either one of these victims. Detective Sergeant Terry Brown from the homicide unit told reporters, From what we saw, any interaction between the shooter and the victims was very, very quick and brief. We can't say for certainty whether, in fact, he would have been able to see their ethnicity, Brown said. Brown also said security surveillance video played a significant role in the investigation. He said the footage was able to track the suspect from the area where he resides to the area of the shooting and then back to his residence. Yes. Twenty-one-year-old uh, Indian uh, student, student from India, and a thirty-five-year-old man shot to death randomly. And this is the type of thing that it should never happen anywhere. But it's crazy how it's becoming more commonplace. Sickening. Like what's going on with people that they're so angry and resentful of their fellow man that they would they could randomly kill a person. Another article here um, that made news, unfortunately, is um, this is an article from TorontoSun.com. And it's regarding the NYC subway shooting. So, five people to share $50,000 reward for tips on NYC shooting subway suspect. Five people who provided critical information that helped lead to the arrest of the man charged with this week's mass shooting in New York subway will share a $50,000 reward the New York Police Department announced on Friday. Frank James, the man accused of carrying out one of the most violent attacks on the city mass transit system, was arrested in Lower Manhattan on Wednesday following a 30-hour manhunt that helped that was helped by a barrage of tips from the public. James, 62, also called the police tip line to turn himself in, aiding in his own capture, according to his lawyers. We appreciate all of those who responded to our call for information to locate the suspect, including all those whose tips did not pan out, Police Commissioner Kishant Sewell said in a statement. We urge the public to join us in this effort to find the suspect, and New Yorkers stepped up. James, 62, is accused of injuring 30 people by setting off smoke bombs, and spraying the inside of a subway car with gunfire during Tuesday morning's rush hour commute in Brooklyn. Police said 10 people were shot, although all were expected to survive. About 20 others were injured by smoke canisters or in the stampede of terrified passengers pouring out of the subway car onto the platform, according to prosecutors. The NYPD... The NYPD said its detectives used the follow the flow of public tips to build a timeline of events that helped them locate James. Of the people who provided tips, five were chosen whose information contributed directly to the suspect's arrest. The NYPD did not identify the five people who will evenly split the $50,000 reward, which is comprised of funds from the Metropolitan Transportation Authority the Transport Workers Union, Local 100, and the New York City Police Foundation. Thanks to the help of these five good Samaritans that were amply rewarded for doing the basic right thing, that's my interjection, 
Thanks to the help of these five Good Samaritans, the NYPD was able to do its job and get dangerous suspects off get a dangerous suspect off the streets just hours after his picture was released, New York City Mayor Eric Adams said in a statement. So yeah, I mean, that's the state of affairs where it's like, well, first of all, it kind of bothers me that a $50,000 reward had to be in place in order to get people to speak. Though again, I do understand. I mean, even in my own apartment building, you know, this is something that you see in major cities or just a large city. I live in Toronto. So there's all sorts of people and there's all sorts of confrontations and problems. Even in the building I live in, from time to time you hear domestic disturbances or drug activity, people acting crazy, running around, just a danger to themselves and society. And who really wants to get involved? And people are afraid of the repercussions because people are very resentful, crazy, and dangerous. I mean, you know, they might shoot up a neighborhood and then someone calls the cops and then that person might get relate may, might get released with no bails bond and they might be angry and resentful oh i think this person ratted me out to the cops and then they go and shoot that person retaliation the fear of retaliation isn't that crazy how people would actually do that i mean it's totally logical the fear of retaliation you know you you bear witness to somebody's crime and instead of that person understanding that they're a danger to themselves and society, they're angry and resentful of the person that turned them in and then they seek revenge. Just like nonsensical. So, yeah, the fear of retaliation is real and but it's strange that a $50,000 reward would somehow make it better? I mean, five people are going to split that reward. $50,000. $10,000 a piece. I mean, I guess that's just what it is, human nature. And the suspect, this uh, Frank James, 62 years old, who turned himself in as the NYC subway Shooter. A 62-year-old man. What is going on in a man's head at the age of 62 that is so angry, resentful, and condemning of his fellow men, fellow man, that he's going to randomly attack people on a subway, throw a smoke canister in there like it's a movie, Injuring people with smoke inhalation. Shooting at random. Randomly injuring 10 people. And think how minimal that sounds. Oh, well, you know, the way they put it in the article, you know, 10 people were injured, but they're expected to survive. Yeah, but with what ailments? getting shot in the arm and did it penetrate a bone did it break a bone did it are they permanently crippled horrible scarring the trauma the psychological trauma all the gravity of such a senseless act like what are the long-term repercussions and what why would a person do that you know as I seek more with my faith and belief in God, you know, I see the, I see why a person would do something like that. You could be so closed off and walled off and angry and filled with contempt and resentment of society. People treated you wrong your whole life. You don't get the respect you feel you deserve. 
you're angry and envious of your fellow man and you, you lash out at society in an angry, nonsensical manner. Same thing with the Toronto Sherburn Station shooting, which actually killed, you know, the, 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 the young student, the 21-year-old student who was shot and killed at Sherburn Subway Station. And then the 35-year-old man who was shot and killed, Dundas and George Street. You know, he was out for a normal day, just out to get groceries, and then somebody just walked up and randomly shot and killed him. We need to look within. We need to search for the kingdom of heaven within. We need to be one with God and drop that anger. It's not good. And it, it's, a, it's a fake illusion. It clouds the judgment. It clouds the mind. So it's like I understand where they're coming from because... You know, they're angry and resentful. And it got so bad that they were blinded by that anger and that resent and that lie. The lie that everyone's against them and everyone's out against them or whatever lie they believed in that drove them to assault and in some cases kill random strangers. They believed in that anger. They believed in that lie. And to a lesser or greater extent, that same anger and resentment and contempt works within us. When you're angry and resentful of your fellow man, and you, you believe in all these, these thoughts and lies that are just based on your own judgments and fears and anxieties. I don't know. I don't know. It's like you put it out of your head, right? Like you read these news articles and you just feel distant from them and you put it out of your head. And then as I speak on it, there's a certain helplessness that I feel that I think most people would. It's just like, well, what do you do? How do you, how do you stop these people? Do you offer a $50,000 reward? Is that the best we can do? Is that... In the case of emergency, $50,000 reward gets people speaking. How do we fix the root of the problem? It's a change of the heart. It's that Christ love. Do unto others as you would have done unto you. I mean, it's just common sense. Would you want somebody to randomly walk up and kill you? then why would you randomly walk up and kill someone else? That's my message. And I'm just trying to start at home. You know? Point the finger at myself and see the anger and resentments and contempt that I have. And learn to drop it, work towards dropping it, because every time someone slights me or does something to me that's kind of mean-spirited and I get that anger and resentment, I just need to learn how to look within and be like, you know what, They're, they don't know any better, it's nothing personal, let it go. And treat my fellow man with Christ's love. Do unto others as you will have done unto you. As we were speaking about Good Friday earlier, apparently Jesus preempted the Judas kiss. He knew Judas was going to betray him. And he held nothing personal against Judas. He loved him as he loved 
himself. Somebody that would set him up and turn him over for execution, he forgave. He died for our sins. He died on the cross. His last words, I believe, according to some of my research, it is done. And he gave up the ghost. He died for our sins so that we don't have to live in that anger, contempt, and resentment. It's not an easy path. It requires a lot of self-reflection and an ego death. You know, to, to be free of the words and actions of a cynical world. So I'm looking within and I'm striving to love my neighbor as I love myself. And what may seem easy to me might not be so easy to others and where I'm lacking others may excel. You know, it's so easy to point the finger and say, well, what's going on with this person? What would drive a person to shoot and kill random people? Well, it's that same anger and resentment that grows in a person that leads them to that. So in a sense, it's very similar. When I'm, you know, when I get that feeling to punch a person in the face who talked, you know, you know how sometimes you'd be at the grocery store and somebody does something pig-headed They bump into you with a shopping cart. They don't even say anything. They just bump into you with their shopping cart and push on past you. And you're just looking at the back of their head like, why don't I just go up? Why don't you fucking watch where you're going? That's a micro example. That anger and contempt, that careless anger and contempt over something so seamless as getting bumped at a grocery store or some disrespectful person who is short with you in customer service. You're calling up for customer service. What's going on with my internet? It's not working. What the hell? Customer service reps like, okay, whatever. We're going to fix it and whatever. Shut up. I fucking kill you. How dare you disrespect me? How dare you be short and to the point with me? Don't you know who I am and what my ego is? That same anger and contempt can grow and fester to a point when you're just completely illogical and you go out and shoot and kill random strangers. It's the same thing working within me, working with others. To a greater extent, obviously. A complete lack of judgment detachment from reality so and that's all I have to say about that in the words of Forrest Gump quick sip of water boss don't mind me boss in the words of Bubba Bubba Gump Buford Bubba Bubba Gump shrimp shrimp boats shrimp Cocktail, shrimp, popcorn. And we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, You know, what's going on with me. In terms of my acting career, um, if you're new to the show, if you know, if you don't know, if you may or may not know, or maybe you surmised, I am an actor extraordinaire. That's being of the bone, ladies and gentlemen, and damn proud of it. Um, I'm on to a new project. Yeah, uh, onward and upward. Um, last few months, I was heavily embroiled in um, producing, uh, producing and directing a comedy special, which had some acting elements to it. Jonathan Ramcharan, suitable for no audiences. Yeah, I uh, recently wrote, produced, 
acted, did stand-up comedy in this little special. It's available on YouTube, different sites, different places. Check it out. Um, and yeah, I've been doing that. And, you know, my workspace, you know, I, you know, I do my writing, my performing, my rehearsing in my apartment, you know, my little workspace. I've been very much, uh, uh, in the world, in the world of Jonathan Ramcharan, suitable for no audiences. I had a, a whiteboard where I had, you know, written, uh, my jokes out. I used it for planning for the production. I had papers and directing notes and this, that, and the other all scattered around my uh, working area. So, yesterday, I tidied up, you know? I was very happy and thankful to have done the special. I did the best I could with it. My hope is that um, in the future it will be a sleeper hit, you know? It's still a little early. I put it out a month ago. It's been some, uh, hey, you know, it's the internet. There's so much to see. So there hasn't been much of a response. So my hope is to continue to do great work that um, will turn this into a sleeper hit. It'll be seen down the line. It's a very heartfelt, poignant, strong, and meaningful special great work that I did and um, I was working with some great people that helped me uh, get it done and I'm very proud of it so my hope is that it will be seen down the line sort of like a sleeper hit sort of a uh, uh, an extra piece to my body of work as a performer so, and now I move on to the next task. Um, feels good. Cleaned up my space, um, you know, as I'll post some pictures. I erased the whiteboard. That took a minute. Scrubbing and washing and wiping that uh, whiteboard. Wasn't exactly easy. It took like 20 minutes. A lot of elbow grease went into it. So now the place is nice and clean and I lit some incense and... The juices are flowing. And tonight, I'm going to be getting on uh, the writing tip. Get on that writing tip. Starting the new project. All in a day's work. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor extraordinaire. Yeah. I am also a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Yeah. And again, with that, Back to the drawing board, so to speak. Been writing, you know, doing the due diligence, sitting down, putting in that, you know, daily writing time, putting in some of that thought time. And my goal moving forward is to um, seek more stand-up comedy opportunities. Now that life's getting back to normal, Post-pandemic, things are getting back to normal. I'm going to start seeking stand-up opportunities where I can. There's certain things that I know for my career that I don't want to return to. You know, the pandemic was a great reflection time. And, you know, there's a lot of things that I've done in comedy that are the building blocks of any comic, just the, the fire that you must go through, the flames that you must go through as a stand-up comedian. I've done a lot of those things. So there's a lot of those things that I don't want to return to no matter how desperate I am for stage and performance. You know, in, in my world, it's acceptable to do stand-up comedy all day, all night. Maybe not all day. I mean, back in my drinking days, you know, you used to have to recover 
from a hangover and then perform at night. I don't drink anymore. So my days are a little bit more available, but still, I mean, who the fuck wants to do stand-up comedy in the middle of the day? I mean, you can do it, but I mean, who wants to? So, you know, I would be accepting of like every night doing stand-up comedy. And um, as I grow in my career, I hope to go through a phase where I'm hot and heavy like that every night doing it again. And for real, you know what I mean? Like the realness, real gigs, real reception, real audience, you know? I've done it to dog dick death on the, you know, shoestring, you know? Open mics, one-nighters, fucking bar gigs, little shitty clubs, this, that, and the other. You know, I, I would love to do it on a on a legit and not by any worldly measure, but just on the idea of doing real work. I mean, doing that real stage work. And that's, you know, to be done in front of a receptive, willing audience rather than just a bunch of people held hostage at a bar. Hey, dude, I just came in here to watch the basketball game. What the fuck is this, a comedy night? You know, you're fighting with people for attention. Like, I mean, you could perform stand-up comedy anywhere and stand-up comedy is performed pretty much anywhere. Street corners, laundry mats, bowling alleys, you know, whatever. And I've done all that type of shit to dog dick death. What I want to do is perform for people who want to see stand-up comedy. Is that too much to ask? So going forward, I'm uh, seeing what I can do. As the world is opening back up post-pandemic, as I'm working on new material, I just burned an hour, just busted my ass putting out that special, Jonathan Ramcharan, suitable for no audiences. So moving forward, I'm gonna gonna see where I can um, deploy my trade, my craft as a stand-up comedian. And in a way that suits me. I mean, I think I've suffered enough trying to bring laughs to people who don't want to hear it. It's about time I start performing for people who do want to hear it. And in a way in which I want to do it. I mean, as I mentioned, I've done it to dog dick death. Screaming for attention on street corners. Begging for people to come to my fucking bar gigs. Scrounging around fucking comedy clubs for a little fucking morsel. Oh, just give me a little stage time. That'll change my life. You know, done it to dog dick death. Now it's time for me to blossom. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, stand-up comedian. Extraordinaire. Well, that about does it for another episode of J.R. the P. Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Certainly enjoyed your accompaniment on this episode. Certainly learned a lot. Certainly laughed a lot. Certainly was bored to death at certain times, you know? Certainly. Till next time, folks. Hallelujah. It's your old chuckle buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan, reporting live for duty on this magnificent April 16th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Random violence and shootings. We need to look within, we need to love our neighbors, we love ourselves, we need to drop the anger, we need to drop the resentment, we need to drop the judgment. Live and let live. Acting, schmacting, comedy, schmomedy, you know the game. I'm a born performer, folks. Stay tuned. Good Friday, Jesus. Good Friday week. The meaning of the cross and the sacrifice Christ made for our sins. Powerful. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey. 
my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please, would you help my black ass out already? Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks. You live it, you love it, you realize it. Aight? Peace.